0: You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I want to talk today about church renewal. Or another word for it is revival. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Yeah. You know, as God moves upon our hearts, revival is the church getting back to where they should be. OK? Revival is not people getting saved. That's right. no. That happens after revival on a great scale, right? when we get in place where God wants us to be, his children, then everything else will fall in line. God has a key, as I said before, for revival. And when God moves upon your life, that's your key to move with God. You don't wait for the whole church to get revived. God will choose certain people that's crying out to God and saying, Lord, I'm I'm tired of the same old, same old. I want to get on with you. I want to have more of your power and your presence in my life. I'm concerned for my children. I'm concerned for my grandchildren. I'm concerned for my parents. And I want to do something about it. And God begins to speak into your heart and you get into a service like this, and the worship is going good, and all of a sudden there's something that takes place in your heart, and if you will yield to that, and to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, God will do something in your life, and and that's how the water begins to flow, the water of the Holy Spirit begins to flow. First is just a trickle. One man, two men, three women and all of a sudden half of the congregation are getting on fire for God the spirit of God is flowing you jump into the river both feet and you just enjoy what God is doing don't wait for somebody else every one of us is responsible before God ourselves okay that's not the message that's just advertisement Revelations chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Familiar scripture, I've preached on part of this before. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look now, look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Father, make this word real to our hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. There's a story of a a man who was very critical of the church seems that this was a a church that was quite dead and quite rigid, very religious. This man was proclaiming that he was an atheist. One day, the church building caught on fire. And everyone came running to help to put out the fire. And among the people that came running to the church was the atheist, and uh, someone hollered out and said, this is something new for you. I never thought I'd see you running to the church. And he said, this is the first time I've ever seen the church on fire. (laughs) You know something? If we get on fire with the Holy Spirit the way that God wants us to be, People are going to come running to Cole Community Church. We would quickly have to go to two services, or maybe even three. My prayer is that Cole Community Church will be spiritually ablaze with the fire of God. Truly a church on fire. There's nothing more boring and depressing than a cold, heartless church. Just going through the motions of religion. Doing what we always do, and most of us not knowing why we do what we do. God desires us to be fully involved in worship and praise. True worship is more than a ritual. Going through the motions. This is the hour that Jesus was referring to when he was speaking to the woman at the well. When he said, the hour is coming and now is, John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth in our text in revelations <clears throat> chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 jesus sent a message to the church in ephesus that is intended to be a warning for every church in every generation. The old city of Ephesus is in Turkey. It's a tourist attraction today. It's a place of ruin and archaeological digs. Remember what Jesus said. I've got something against you. You don't love me, and you don't love each other like you did at first. In other words, when they first came came to know the Lord, they had a great love for the Lord, and they had a great love for one another. But over a few years, this drained out. They didn't have the same love for God and they didn't have the same love for each other. And he says, Look how far you have fallen. Take stock of your life. What was it like when you first came to know that Jesus loved you? When you first confessed to him, Lord, I'm a sinner and received his forgiveness and began to read his words and it was so real to you and how people that you had no use for maybe a few weeks before and now you love them that's what god does And he says, look at how far you have fallen, turn back, and do the first works. Whenever you decide, if you've walked away from God, whenever you decide to come back to him, you've got to do the first works. It's the same thing. You have the same attitude towards God, the same love towards God, and the same love towards your fellow man that you had the first day you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. There are no shortcuts. And then he says, if you don't do this, if you don't repent, if you don't turn around, I'm going to take your lampstand from his place. Your place of prominence, your place of influence will be lost. You will have no credibility left because you're not doing What is right in the sight of the Lord? Another church in in Asia called the, the, the Laodicean church was one that we're all familiar with as well. Lukewarm. The people were lukewarm. Not the building. The people were lukewarm. And Jesus said to them, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's on the outside of the church. Can't get in. Knocking. If any man will open the door, open the door of his heart and allow me to come in. I will come in and I will sup with you and you with me. We'll have fellowship together. It'll be just like it was when first you found the Lord. That's my introduction. (laughs) Point one. Church renewal is necessary for effectiveness in ministry. Let me say it again. Church renewal or revival is necessary to be effective in ministry. When we speak of church, of the church, we're referring to the people, not the building, not the denomination. We who believe in Jesus Christ, we who are born again are the church. Renew is the state of being made new, refreshed, or strong again. When pastors and evangelists and teachers of our Faith speak of renewal or revival. We're referring right back to the book of Acts. When the people had a new and a fresh experience of God. And the Holy Spirit was allowed to move among them. A life-changing experience of being born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow me to explain what that means for the church in 2017. It means that prodigal sons and daughters are returning to the Father. People who have left the church because they were hurt. That's no good reason to leave the church because someone said something about you. Prodigal sons and daughters coming back to the church. It means that Christians are renewing their commitment to Christ. They're realizing what what sports is doing to their family and to their children. And they're saying, I'm going to work things out so that my family can be in church on Sunday morning. And we can have a different lifestyle in the home. We'll begin to pray together. We'll read a portion of Scripture together. Because let me tell you, young men and young women, who have got little children now. When they become 15 and 16... It's too late then to say we're going to have family devotions. You've got to do it when they're young. It means that pastors, leaders, board members, and volunteers are confessing and repenting of sin, hidden sin. None of us are saying that because we hold a certain position that we're immune to sin and sinful things. But we're searching our heart. And if there's any evil in us, if there's any sin in us, if there's anything that is hindering us, from being used fully of God, being effective in the ministry, then we're repenting of that and we're saying, Lord, I want to get it back on track with you. It means that the whole church is being renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when these things begin to take place within the house of God, then sinners will be converted to Jesus Christ. You say, well, people are always getting saved around here now. True. But just imagine, if everybody began to get right with God, what would happen? Can you imagine... All of us going home today and getting on our knees and saying, oh God, I pray for my children. I pray for my family. I pray for my brothers and my sisters. I pray for my uncles. And not just praying, but having a heart that is broken for them. And and, and you're calling out to God. You're desperate for their salvation. It wouldn't be long before we would be doing something about it. We would be doing more than praying for them. We would be speaking with them. We would be sharing our faith with them. Holy Ghost boldness would once again take over and we would be fearless. Not fearing the faces of man. Not fearing what people would say or think about us but knowing that we have a duty to win some for the Lord. Revival is not a service. It is individuals returning to our first love. It can happen in a service. It can happen today. Revival can begin in your life before you leave this room today. Renewal is taking first or Second Chronicles 7.14 serious enough to do what the Lord requires. And 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name, my people, not the world, not the unbelieving world, but the people of God, the people who have confessed their sins before God and claim to be born again believers, if these people which are called by his name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. The Bible is clear here that his people do sin. if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Repent. And we have to do that from time to time, don't we? Yes. Our land, in fact, our whole world is is heading for big, big trouble. God is looking for his church to be alive and on fire fire for him in this hour that we're living in. Many churches are doing just that. There's tremendous revival that is happening in churches. We are here in Coal Lake, but if you visit other churches in other communities, in other other cities, you're going to find out that there's a lot of people that are on fire for God today. There's a lot of people that are getting stirred in their spirits. And God is doing a great work in individuals who will open up to him. We need to get on fire for God before the storm strikes. There is a storm coming. Let's not put our head in the sand and and pretend that it's not happening. It's happening. And Canada is not always going to be as free as we are now. Thank God for the freedoms that we have in Canada right now. Secondly, we are living in peerless times. Don't say it will never happen in Canada because it will. It will take a renewed people, spirit-filled and committed to spread the gospel in word and in deed to rescue souls from what is coming up on the earth. It will not always be so easy to spread the gospel in North America as it is today. We have great freedom. Countries that are in bondage, that have to eat, have to meet in in basements. Or away somewhere in some secret place to have a meeting this morning. Would love to have the freedom that we have. They're praying for this kind of freedom. Paul describes this age like this in Second Timothy chapter 3, 1 and 5. 1 to 5. But know this. I just think, as I'm reading this, compare, the, compare this scripture to what it's like in the world today. But know this that in the last days, peerless times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then it says, and from such people turn away. In other words, Don't be one of those. All of these things are rampant in our land today. Peerless times means dangerous times, terrifying times, terror, distress, distressing. Jesus also described conditions of this age as well. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 and 8, he said, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. And all of these are the beginning of sorrow. The worst is yet to come. We're living in the last days. The last days of this present world system. And listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, verse 25 to 28. And there will be strange signs in the sun the moon and the stars and here on earth the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and the strange tides. People will be terrified at what what they see coming up on the earth for the powers in heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. For then all these things, for when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. When all these things begin to happen, stand, look up, because your salvation is near. Folks, if ever there was a time when the second coming of the Lord should be preached, it is now. When I was a boy, they they talked about end times a lot. But over the years, we've got away from it and it's hardly ever spoken of anymore. But it's time to get back to it. Because there is a day planned when this world as we know it right now is going to be finished. See that you are not troubled. Don't allow fear to grip your heart when you hear these things. You see, the child of God, the man or woman of God, don't need to be afraid of these things. God's got us covered. We may have to go through some of it. Our PAOC denomination says... uh, uh, Pre-tribulation—that means we go up before the seven years of trouble comes. There's a good, there's a good uh, uh, case for mid-tribulation too. I say, let's be ready just in case. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Let's not see how close we can go to the edge. The church has reason to rejoice. When all these things begin to happen, stand, look up, for your salvation is near. Jesus is coming soon. Amen? Amen? We don't have to worry about that. Everything is taken care. Our sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Jesus is offering us a fresh start. No matter how far we've drifted away from the Lord, no matter what we've done, there's an open opportunity for every one of us to get back and get red hot for God this very day. Amen? In Revelations chapter 2, 4, and 5, let's read it again. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me as uh, love me, Or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me. And do the works that you did at first. If you don't repent. I will come and remove your lampstand. From its place. Among the nations. A church in renewal will closely resemble the church. In the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. What took place there? What power did they have? What authority did they have? Well. That's the church that God intends us to be. It's about getting back to our first love. How many of you would like to have a fresh start in your Christian walk? Maybe you have allowed mistakes and setbacks and failures to crowd out the joy of the Lord. Maybe you find it hard. Maybe one time you just would get lost in God in worship. And now you come into the service and you find it hard. You hold on to your hands. You just can't get the freedom. There's something something wrong somewhere. And you can't put a finger on it. But you just don't feel free to raise your hands and say, Lord, I love you. You don't feel free to allow your eyes to water up and just cry before the Lord. You don't feel free to to rejoice in God, to clap your hands. Tell the Lord about it. Have a good conversation this week with the Lord. Talk about those things that are binding you up and keeping you from enjoying the fullness of God. Jesus said I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Freedom. True life, spiritual life. The devil who comes to kill and to steal and destroy don't want you to have a fresh start. But God wants you to have a fresh start. He wants you to have a new beginning. He desires to do something new in your life and in mine. Is this what you want? It's what I want. You say, oh, pastor, you know, you've got to be speaking to me because I know that you don't have those problems. (laughs) Don't kid yourself. I've got to press in every day just like everybody else do. I've got to pray every day. I've got to read my Bible every day, just like everybody else needs to do. If I don't do these things, 15 minutes and you'll be walking out of this place bored to tears. Because without the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I have nothing to share with you. I've got to speak from my heart. If it's just from my head, you've got nothing. Maybe at the beginning of 2017, you made some promises to God. Things like, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm, I'm going to get more involved in the church. I'm going to make myself available To do something for the Lord in church, to help the church out. I'm going to spend more time with my family, quality time. You know, the truth is that 2017 is just about over. How have you been doing? How long did those resolutions last? It's a serious question, folks. The good news is that it's not too late to start over. Don't be hindered by past mistakes. Keep moving forward. God is more interested in your future than he is in your past. God's plans still stand. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. "they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Forget about the past. Don't even think about it. Don't allow your past to determine your future. Trust God to do that. Number four keys to renewal. Israel suffered from many hardships as a consequence for their sins and rebellion. But every time they called out to God, he forgave them, received them into his arms again, over and over and over again. The Old Testament is a book, a record of failures, and confession, and redemption, and failures, and confession, and redemption, over and over and over again, every generation, they did the same thing, and God received them every time they called out to him. That's the God we serve. He'll do the same for you. Here in Revelation, Jesus gives us three keys to renewal. Look how far you have fallen. Take stock of your life. Remember how far you have fallen. Repent. Turn back to me and repeat. Do the first works. Amen? God offers us great love, great mercy. Great grace. God offers us these things. But let's not ignore the conditions. There is a condition for receiving the blessings of God. And really, in one word, it's obedience. We got to do what the word requires us to do. If you don't repent, he says, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place in the church. We have to make this personal. You want revival? You must begin with you. I want revival? It must begin with me. Let's stop blaming others for the falling away in the churches. Somebody's got to say, I'm responsible for this. I got to take Responsibility for what is happening in the churches today. It's time for me to remember to repent and repeat. If I would turn to my first love, it might just encourage others to do the same. Let's take our instructions from the Lord. If we would focus on ourselves rather than others, real revival would come swiftly to the church. Personal revival will produce total church renewal. A renewed church will produce a great harvest of souls. And that, my friends, is what the church is all about. It's not about the programs. It's not about having a good family of God to come and fellowship with. That's a byproduct. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Amen? If we're not reaching out and winning souls, we are nothing more than a bless me club. I don't want to be a part of a bless me club. God wants much more than that from us. You may have given up on God, but he hasn't given up on you. I said, you may have given up on God, but he hasn't given up on you. Still loves you. Still cares. Still wants you to be close to him. There's a song of the past that we used to sing years ago that comes to mind, Rescue the Perishate. It goes like this, and this is the the duty of the church. Down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie buried that grace can restore. Some people have been crushed. They've been hurt by family and friends in the church and pastors and deacons but feelings lie buried that grace can restore touched by a loving hand wakened by kindness cords that were broken will vibrate once more that's what God wants to do in your life and when God has done that then he says rescue the perishing care for the dying Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. There's no one beyond God's mercy and God's grace. The hardest soul, the hardest man, the hardest woman, the one who walked with God and walked away and now will never darken the the doors of a church can be reached by the power and the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ flowing from one man or one woman or one boy or one girl. you remember how you walk with God when you first came to know him? I remember how I loved him, how I wanted to please him in everything that I did. I shared my faith at every opportunity. I prayed going to work and from work. I used to work, at one, at one point, I worked in a, in a dairy plant. And I burned many 150 gallons of, of milk. Had to, be, had to put the chocolate concentrate in it and make chocolate milk. Because they take the burn taste of it. <laughs> and simply because I got carried away and sharing my faith with somebody... I read the Bible during my lunch break. I I prayed going to work and coming from work in the car. I attended every prayer meeting and Bible study that was offered in my church. But I also remember how I gradually began to conform to organized religion. I began following other Christians rather than the Word of God. That'll get you in trouble real quick. I had the attitude, so and so is a Christian, and they're doing this, so it must be okay. The Word of God is your guideline, the guide and compass. Not a fellow Christian, no matter how spiritual they look or act. I found myself going through the motions of Pentecostal religion. After I had been in Fort McMurray for a while, I was becoming critical of the faith that I so much loved and enjoyed. I was seriously considering attending a non-Pentecostal church. I would feel more comfortable where people wasn't moving in the spirit, as the Pentecostals know. Then Holy Spirit arrested me in a series of tent meetings in Fort McMurray. At the closing moments of a Sunday morning service, I was ready to repent. Repent. I ran to the altar as tears began to flow. Lord, I cried, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. In a voice, voice loud and clear, I heard Bible college. I replied without hesitation, okay, Lord, I'll do it. Effie prayed a similar prayer at home that same Sunday after the service. Neither one of us was aware that day that we had made a commitment to God. That we had both had a God encounter until Monday evening after the lights were out and we were in bed. And I've got enough courage to say, Effie what would you say if I said I want to go to Bible college? And she said, I'd say go for it. I didn't know. I didn't know that she had prayed a similar prayer that morning after we had come home from church. She went into the bedroom. Pray to Lord, whatever you want from me, I'm willing. I just pray that my family would be willing to. That was the beginning of a new chapter in our lives. And thirty years of full time ministry. Never been sorry, not one minute. I've been living in this now. For the past 34 years, because I did four years of Bible college, basically. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. That was August. With this, I'm concluding, guys. So, uh, Musicians, you want to come back. That was August of 1983. It has proven to be the, mo- the best decision of my life. I've enjoyed 34 years of productive and fulfilling ministry. My greatest joy is sharing the Word of God with people like I'm doing right now and on a one-on-one basis. God God gave me Effie, the love of my life, born to be a pastor's wife. brought us together when I was a prodigal son. I had no intentions of serving God. I was just away from God. With no plan of ever coming back. We turned to Jesus early in our marriage and for all intents and purposes lived Christian life and raised our children in the ways of God. And we would have been very offended if anyone in the church had even suggested that we needed to make changes in our life. But we did need to make changes. God used a preacher I don't know what he preached, but I know that God used him to speak a message that I needed to hear. And Effie and I responded to that message that day, and we both experienced a personal renewal in our lives that has lasted for 34 years. That doesn't mean that we have failed. That doesn't mean that we have slacked off on times. But we have never gone so far as we had gone before. We made that commitment to do whatever the Lord wanted us to do. That Sunday morning, I didn't know why I was coming to the altar. I just knew I had to be there. I really didn't have nothing to say when I knelt before God. All I could say is whatever you want, Lord. That's what I'll do. And that's all he needed to hear. I'm available. And that's all he needs to hear from you. Lord, I'm available. By his grace, he did the rest in my life, and he'll do the rest for you. Are you available? Folks, there is something beautiful about to happen in Coal Lake. It's already happened but we're going to see it on a much larger scale than we've ever seen before. Are you ready? Let's get the junk out of our life now. Let's get it out now. We've got a few minutes left. If you want God to do something in your life, come forward. Just say, I'm available, Lord. Make it a commitment. Say, Lord, I'm available. This is what I can do. I'll stand before you and I'll say, I'm available. I don't know anything else I'm going to say today, only I'm available. Is God speaking to you that way? If he is, listen, obey. Amen? Praise the Lord. We'll be waiting at the altar if anyone wants prayer. If you just want to just get alone with God, just kneel. Kneel the whole length there. Kneel. And if that gets lined up and there's no room there, kneel in the front seats. Kneel across the front seats. Amen? Let's do some business with God. I want God to move. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.